0: Hello everyone, you are listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast presented by Great Railing. I am Jordan Hall and as always I am joined by the wonderful Taryn Hatcher and the dynamic Joe Fordyce, our Flyers pre and post game live producer. The NHL playoffs are now into the second round as uh, we all know the Flyers are watching those playoffs as we all are as well. Uh, One guy that's played a lot of playoff games in his career in Philadelphia, the captain Claude Giroux. Uh, 85 12 games in Philadelphia. And next season is a big one for him. It's a contract year. His contract will be up after the 2021 22 season. Uh, we know what Claude Drew has done in this city and how many games he has played and what he's accomplished. Uh, I think the biggest thing he's still looking for is the Stanley Cup and going on a long playoff front again. He hasn't really done that since the Stanley Cup season in 2010. So we're going to talk a little Claude Giroux and this big season ahead for him. Taryn Hatcher, let's start with you. Just how big of this, you know, is this season ahead for Claude Giroux? Where, where do you think he stands in his career here and uh, what's next for the captain?
1: Well, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see what's next. Um, yeah. It'll be interesting to see what's next for him, both in terms of like, if he stays, what his contract looks like based on age and the, flat cap situation um, moving forward because I've I've read and I've heard a few times that they're expecting the cap won't really go up for like the next three to five years so that'll be a killer but it'll be interesting for guys like Claude Giroux who um make a lot of money but you know are, are on the kind of the other side of their career here um and it'll be interesting to see if he stays in Philly it it'd be interesting to see I I have uh I don't know. He's got the no move clause. So, you know, he likes it here. We know his family likes it here. Um, But he's still like the moment the season ends within a few days or so, you know, goes back to Ottawa all the time. I believe his wife is from there as well. It's a lot of Ottawa connections, a lot of young talent on the Senator's team. Like, I think that's an interesting connection to keep an eye on. Um, But who knows? The other thing that's I think huge for next year. Is let's say next year is his last year as a flyer. If if they don't really do something tremendous next year, Claude Giroux's whole career here has been marked by inconsistency with the Flyers. So the Flyers making the playoffs and missing the playoffs for ten consecutive seasons. The only the only team in all four major sports in North American history to do so to make and miss the playoffs um, every single year for ten years. Uh, so it's just, it's interesting. It's a big year, I think. And I know we're going to get to his legacy a little bit more, um, later in this pod, but it's an interesting year, both in terms of how he sets himself up for his future and also, um, how it'll impact the way people remember Claude Giroux, should it be his last season in Philadelphia? So it'll be interesting for sure.
0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E.com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
1: There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
0: It really will. And he's, he's expressed the desire to stay in one place his, his entire career. I, I, he said that would, that's something you can be proud of. I think he has seen some other players do that, some other great players. Um, some franchise icons have done it. Uh, to stay in one city your entire career Uh, I think that means something to him. Uh, I think even climbing the the team's franchise record boards, I think means something to him. And I think winning here would absolutely mean something to him. He hasn't been able to do that for a little while over the last nine, 10 years. Like you said, Terrence, been in and out of the playoffs, no deep runs. Uh, Gosh, just last season, they won their first playoff series since 2011-12. So, um, I think he really, really knows the last piece of his legacy here is really winning, is, is leaving that mark. But I think it will be fascinating to see how the Flyers play this season. Like, Will that dictate not only the Flyers' motives in re-signing him, but also Claude Drew's thoughts? Maybe another real sour season changes his mindset a little bit. Maybe he thinks about somewhere else and understands, hey, I've done a lot in Philadelphia now but maybe, maybe there's another chapter of my career where I can go elsewhere and get a fresh start. Um, and, and maybe I'll get a better chance to win somewhere else. So I really wonder if the Flyers, uh, how, how they play next season, how much that will dictate things. I think right now, Claude Drew in his mind is thinking, I love Philadelphia and I would like to stay here. And I believe we can win here, but you know, maybe that's out of its control. Maybe next season goes awry and it's, it's becoming very doom and gloom here in Philadelphia. And maybe he starts thinking there is something else outside of here. I don't know. Joe Fortes, how do you think this uh, next season could play out for Claude Drew? How important is it for him to play well, but also the team to play well?
2: Well, Jordan, you had mentioned earlier the thing missing is a Stanley Cup. I would say it doesn't even have to go that far. He needs to lead this team on a playoff run of sorts. Um, I guess you could argue the bubble was a little bit of that, but I mean, you know, so they won a series. I don't, anybody, I don't think anybody would consider that um, necessarily like a run. Um, you need to go to like the Eastern Conference finals or something like that. Now, and, and you'd mentioned since 2010, and no one gives Drew credit for leading that because he was not the captain they had a core and he was one of the up and coming guys. Now he was great in those series, but you know, people always look at the veterans and the captain of teams that go far. Um, You know, everybody remembers the, uh, the the guys who, who put the team on their back and uh, and, and lead a team Um, and, and, You could arguably – Giroux did a little bit of that in 2010, but you had guys like Pronger and you had Mike Richards, who was a good playoff player for a number of years here. Um, You had Jeff Carter, who had some injury trouble here, but when he played, he he was very good. Um, So you had other guys in the mix, and no one would go at that point in time and say, this is Giroud's team. I think you'd more hear things like that about Pronger. So I think Giroux needs to lead one of Giroux's teams to, you know, a couple playoff series and maybe a conference finals at minimum to have that sort of um, remember when type of moment. And I don't think that – I don't know that Giroux has that remember when type of season yet. He has moments like his first shift against Crosby – and scoring the goal and, you know, things like that. And you mentioned the milestones and things, but I don't think you, he has a remembered that season moment yet. And that's what he needs.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. And I think a lot of people are going to start doubting how effective will he be in these later years in his career? Uh, do the Flyers want to re-sign him? Um, I imagine they will because he's an icon. He's a face. They like his leadership. They know his value, but This next contract obviously will not be his previous contract. It's not going to be like that. He's in a different stage of his career. Taron Hatcher, I thought Claude Drew was pretty darn effective this season. He was tied for the team lead in points. Um, Chuck Fletcher said there was no guy that played harder than Claude Drew over the final two months of the season. And to me, that says something. That says something in the year in which the Flyers had. Claude Drew never slipped. He was the one that kept kept going, kept going. Uh, Do you doubt his effectiveness at all? Um, moving forward, I think he's a guy that can play until he's a lot older, just because he stays in great shape. Um, he, he's not known to miss games. I, but what do you think on that topic?
1: You're good to go. Um, yeah, this year, I think this year proved to a lot of people that drew was still as competitive and fiery, and quite frankly, able to to keep up and accumulate points. Um, as he was because I last year at least the, the fan, the vibe that I would get from the flyers fans that would come up and talk to me and ask me questions about the team was that because so many people were doing well in the 2019, 2020 season, it felt like, like this team will be, would have been fine without him. And, you know, we had talked many podcasts in the preseason about like, is Claude Giroux cooked and, um, and at the end of the day, I think he proved this season that when when a lot of players don't show up, he can still fight his way through a game and fight his team into a game in terms of on the scoreboard. Uh, we saw him do that single-handedly at the end of games a number of times this season, um, which I think is important because he really he did it when there was like no support at times. It was really just him doing it by himself. So I, I think it's pretty evident that he's, his he's able to compete. He's beyond serviceable. He's at times, like I said, he was the only one kind of doing anything in certain games. Uh, the, the real thing I would like to see at this point in his career and I, I'd like to go back and watch some of that 2019-2020 season from like January and February when they really start to find it two years ago. Um, because I, I would still like to see him stand out when other people around him are playing well. I think that seemed to be the critique of him the year before, is that when everybody else is playing well, he didn't necessarily stand out. And in part, that's because other people were standing out. But um it feels like that's the main critique of him especially locally is that when the team is really good you're not like this guy is going to win us a championship that's that's just not how people feel here if we're being realistic the other part of that though is if you talk to people who root for other teams they'll tell you i would kill for a guy like Claude drew on my team just a guy who just fights um well metaphorically fights. He doesn't really like fight, fight, but um so it's it, it is interesting because the perception of Claude Giroux outside of Philly, I feel like is so different than it is in Philly. And I think this year he did a lot to bring those two perceptions closer together in a good way. Um, because there's still, I mean I tell I'll tell you right now, every every city we would go to if you got into a conversation about the team someone would always bring up, like, how do people in Philly not realize how good Claude Giroux is? And I do think it's because when the team is playing really well, he doesn't seem like a bang-up superstar anymore. Um, But he also does things that are highly, like his energy level in certain games was through the roof. I think he's underrated in certain ways still, but yeah, I don't, I wish I had a nice way to tidy it up and wrap it up in a nice sentence here, Jordan, but I, I don't. I think this year was a big step in the right direction for his image. I don't think that's that important. I think he just played good hockey this year, which is always a good sign. 100%. Flyers Talk
0: is brought to you by Great Railing. Stop into Great Railing for the highest quality and lowest prices on all your railing, decking, and fencing needs. Yeah, I think the the big tear between, you know, fans who were pro Claude Drew and fans who were not pro uh, Claude Drew, I think a lot of it is playoff success. He hasn't really done it in the playoffs um, over the last nine, 10 years, nor has the Flyers. Uh, The Flyers haven't had success. Um, So a lot of people are probably going to say, well, Claude Drew didn't have the supporting cast. And I think you can really argue that for many years. Uh, But then last season he did have a really good supporting cast, didn't perform as well. I think people wanted more. That's why I think next season will be, so pressure filled because not only are the Flyers facing immense pressure to get back in the playoffs and do something with next season, but even if they do, they're going to want to see it from Claude Drew. Uh, the last year of his contract, uh, get into the playoffs, but not only that, they run, they're they going to really want to see Claude Drew do something in those playoffs, be that Claude Drew that leads the way. Um, and it's going to really go a long way in, how people probably remember him from a legacy standpoint. Joe Fordyce, we touched on it a little bit. But from a legacy standpoint, how do you think of Claude Drew and how much uh, will next season play a factor into his legacy?
2: I I think – well, I think next season will be a a big deal. Um, I'm kind of hesitant to say how big because I don't know what form the team is going to take next season. Um, There could be big changes which, you know, can affect the guy's legacy either way. Um, I would say his legacy is a little bit of an odd one in that it began with playoff run after playoff run, but he wasn't the captain of the team. So it's almost like he has two legacies. He has the legacy as the young guy when Mike Richards was the captain, and then he has the legacy as the captain, which I think a lot of people would you know, characterized as one that I don't know if I would, I, I would say fell short in that there just wasn't a tremendous amount of playoff success and his personal playoff performances were never as good. They haven't been as good as those early ones. I mean, those early ones, despite him not being the captain, he was the best player on the team. Uh, in the playoffs a number of those times. And um, so I think it's, it's almost a tale of two Jerus. Uh, Jeru, not, not the captain. And then Jeru as the captain. And I think when you get a lot of uh, what Taryn was talking about, the perception of him, I think a lot of it is tied to that captaincy. Um, this city has always had a big thing with that captaincy. Um, in, in a lot of people's eyes, Eric Lindros didn't live up to the C on his jersey. And then there was the big public taking of the C off, the, off of Eric's jersey and getting into Eric Desjardins and this big display and a lot of uh, almost like a dog and pony show type of thing to say that Eric Lindros is not the captain of this team anymore. So there's been this sordid history in this city with that captaincy of the Flyers. And I think that has a lot to do with Giroux's legacy. And maybe, you know, maybe some fans have been too hard on Giroux because of that history with the captaincy um, in this town. I think that definitely plays a role.
0: Yeah, and we know Philadelphia. It's all about it's all about playoff success, winning when it matters most. And you even think of Claude Drew's historic career season in 27-18, um, 102 points. Uh, it was a major resurgence in his career at 30 years old. He was magnificent that season, really put the team on his back, willed that team to the playoffs. That team was that team was lacking in some areas, let's be real, and Drew carried them into the postseason, and then he followed it up with three points in six playoff games. He was a minus 10 that playoffs. Um, against a really good Penguins team. I believe they were the two-time defending champs going into that year. And, uh, you know, it, it probably put an asterisk on that season a bit for Claude Drew in, in many fans' eyes. Um, many fans probably thought, well, hey, good for Claude Drew, 102 points. That was incredible. But what did you do for me in the playoffs? And that's just how Philly is, especially when a team is, um, you know, a team has gone through the last 10 years the Flyers have gone through in terms of playoff success and not not really doing anything with it. Philly is craving a winner and um, that's why I think next season will be so important to not only the Flyers, but also Claude Drew and maybe his future here. And also his legacy here. But another player in a contract year and another very important player to the Flyers, Sean Couturier, his contract will be up after next season. Uh, We know he is due for a raise and let's be real. If he has a big season next year, uh, that raise could go even higher. Taryn Hatcher, what do you think of Sean Couturier's outlook going into next season? How hungry do you think he will be you knowing he is due for a race.
1: For Sean Couturier, I honestly don't expect a whole lot to change for Coots. I feel like he just shows up every day and kind of has the same mindset all the time. That being said, I, I do – I have seen a lot of change in Couturier from last season to this season in terms of, like, publicly calling out the team and um, – basically like saying that he was embarrassed by how easy it was to play against the flyers this year. That was much more of like a in the dressing room leadership type of guy who then publicly also, uh, not that he wasn't publicly a leader before, but was saying the types of things that the leader in the locker room says essentially. But I, I anticipate Chancatrier will head into next season and head into most games the way he's done for the past few years and, um, I think a lot of the flyer struggles this year don't really at all reflect on how Sean Couturier played even a little bit. Um, so yeah. And I anticipate, I won't, I won't be surprised if in this flat cap era, if Sean Couturier is one of those guys who still gets a contract that you look at and you're like, wow, that's a lot of money. Um, just because there aren't, once once Bergeron retires, there's not another close to Sean Couturier like player um, that still has as many good years left in him as Coots does in my eyes. So yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting. They're going to have to play some twister with the cap space, I think, to try to afford Sean, especially if Drew's still on the team. And I know he'll be older, but you expect he's still going to command some decent money. Um, uh, it's just, it's going to be, it's going to be so strange to see how these teams handle the caps, not just in terms of money, but also years, not knowing how long the cap is going to be flat. So, uh, but I I don't anticipate Sean Couturier's approach changes at all because his approach has seemingly always been somewhat similar and it helped him win a Selkie trophy last year, if we're being honest. So I, I would anticipate the same Coots, just a, a, a Coots who actually gets paid for his value would be what I expect.
0: Yeah, it's almost a shame, it's almost wrong that uh, his contract year is coming in the flat cap era. And obviously no one could foresee that, uh, no one could foresee a pandemic, but um, you know that guy signed what has turned out to be a bargain contract, going back to Ron Hextall's days as general manager, because it, you know, it, it came before Sean Couturier had his breakout. Ron Hexel, obviously, and the Flyers, they did their homework. They knew Sean Couturier was due for bigger things. And uh, they locked him up for six years, $26 million, um, where he's, you know, his, his annual cap hit is $4.33 million, um, which we know all that he does, 200 feet, uh, Selkie Trophy winner. Um, he, is, he is definitely more valuable than, than that uh, figure. So we'll have to see. Yeah, it'll be fascinating to see what his next contract is. And um, gosh, if he comes back with the selkie type of season, you have a feeling that he's going to earn a lot more and uh, the Flyers should give it to him. He's, you know, Sean Couturier is in his prime and I think he still can be better. Uh, I think he would admit that. I think a lot of people would admit that. Joe Fordyce, what are you expecting from Sean Couturier uh, next season? A big one for him.
2: Yeah, and, and I think Karen pegged it. Uh, the, the approach that he's always had – is the approach that's going to get him paid. So I expect much more. I expect better because I think this year he was dealing with a lot of nagging stuff. I mean, a number of times, you know, he got a little bit injured and we see, you know, we never know exactly how injured, injured is for Couturier. Um, And he plays through a lot. So we never know that, but I, I will say I expect better if he's healthy. And, um, you know, I think, a a full training camp, a full off season will help things like that. Um, so maybe we don't have to watch Couturier try to play through injury and constantly ask ourselves like Taryn and I do in the uh, newsroom is Couturier. All right. Like he doesn't look like he has that explosiveness or he doesn't look like he has this, or, you know, um, was it two years ago he, he had trouble taking face-offs with the wrist injury or uh, like the forearm injury, um, shoulder maybe. I, I can't – a healthy Sean Couturier is going to be better than what we saw this year, and for the Flyers, hopefully that is what they get, and that should lead to a payday for, uh, for Coutts.
0: Absolutely, and yeah, it, it was. If you look back at his numbers, he did some pretty impressive things this year, and you could tell he wasn't fully right. As we know, he missed ten games earlier in the season, and he had the reoccurring kind of hip issue. So, and the guy right. still and I, play.
2: And you know what's interesting, Jordan? That early season thing that cost him the ten games. It was like this little bump into the boards. At least that's what we yeah. all look as the and. I feel like when you get an injury like that, as opposed to like getting blasted into the boards, yeah. when you get an injury, like a little warm up thing and you bump into the boards or, or a little just kind of a, you get rid of the puck and take a little shoulder from a guy and glance off the boards. And that's what injures you and keeps you out 10 games. You got to think when you come back from an injury like that, you have this feeling like, man, anything could cost me another 10 or maybe more games. Yeah. You know, a little glancing blow off the boards at these guys. I mean, we've seen these guys out there in warm-ups checking each other and banging each other into the boards much the same way that play happened with Couturier. Yeah. So you got to be thinking, okay, this could get happen at any given time. So I bet that affects your play mentally when that's the injury that costs you 10 games.
0: 100%. And uh, we, we figured we would have some fun now thinking of, a cold brew check presented by Duncan and we're going to tap into the playoffs and tap into the Maple Leafs misery right now. (laughs) Um, A good comparison because I think Flyers fans are kind of miserable right now with where their team stands and suddenly Maple Leafs fans are feeling pretty miserable themselves. Uh, The Toronto Maple Leafs were knocked out of the playoffs in the first round yet again. Uh, They blew a three, one series lead to the Montreal Canadiens so it made us think of this cold brew check presented by Duncan. Taryn Hatcher, I'll start with you. Who would you rather be? Would you rather be in the Flyers'
1: shoes or the Maple Leafs' shoes? Weirdly, I'd rather be in the Flyers' shoes. Like okay. That and the Maple Leafs, they haven't won a series since 2004. Like, yeah. so on the whole, you like, I get my, most of my, like, enjoyable life where I had, you know, income to spend on flyers tickets and go to bars and watch games with my friends, whatever, has been spent bouncing in the playoffs, out of the playoffs, in the playoffs, out of the playoffs, whatever. But like, it's just, it's it's brutal too, because they had the best record in the North. I think there were murmurs that they kind of self-crowned themselves like North division champions, even though they didn't come out of the North division in the playoffs, which is really the North division champion. Um, and they have talent, like, it's not like you go back, and you go, how do I build from these pieces, like, it makes sense, whatever, but you can't have that talent level, and not win a playoff, like, can't have Nylander, and, and Marner, and Matthews, and, and not, you just can't, you can't, it's, I think it's, I was, I was, um, watching a clip that was from Sportsnet I think up in Canada and they were, this was before game seven. And they were like, who is this game bigger to Canadians fans who, you know, fired this, their coach this year and threw the most money in the NHL into their rebuild in the off season, this, that, and the next thing, or Toronto who has all the talent and really should be a front, run, front runner to win the, the whole thing. And to me, it was always Toronto. Like, if you're the Canadians, you put a ton of new players together. It's a weird year. You don't really get to bond the way you normally would as a team. Like, there's a lot of excuses you can make if you're um, the Habs. If you're the Maple Leafs, just like not, I, I just don't, I don't know where you go from. Like, at least if you're a Flyers fan, you look at it and you go, okay, you hope that's a one off season for Carter Hart and he is never that bad again. And that wins you a few games, that wins you quite a few games in and of itself. And then you go, okay, well, Travis connecting, something was wrong. And then six of our guys got COVID and all of them had symptoms from COVID. You know, like you can kind of look at where the season broke down and you can explain it away to people. Toronto, letting that, letting that series go, I, I don't know how you explain it away to anyone. I just don't. I wonder so I'd wonder i rather be a Flyer fan right now.
0: And never. I am. There you go. And Taryn with the old school sweatshirt, amazing. Um, it really is a crazy question because on the one side of the coin, you can maybe say Toronto okay, still has that young core. They still have Austin Matthews, Mitchell Marner. Uh, John Tavares is under contract and you hope he gets healthy and comes back next mm-hmm. season and he's only 30. Uh, you have Nylander locked up. So you got to think eventually it's going to turn for them. And, like, they still have the youth that's, like, they've arrived that like their youth and their core has arrived. They just haven't arrived in the postseason yet. But at the same time, gosh, like they've gone through some hell in terms of just disappointing finishes. It makes me think that maybe that Canadian division was pretty overrated this year. Edmonton gets swept in the playoffs. um, And then Toronto uh, has their disappointment and, and with their collapse. And then after that, it really falls off. Like Winnipeg's pretty good. Like, but the Canadians didn't have a great year. I just wonder, Joe, do you think that division uh, was a little overrated? And then also, who would you rather be? Flyers or Maple Leafs?
2: Well, here's the thing. What I'll say about that division is, I feel like that division that division got into this style of play where it's like, let's score six goals to win every game. Yeah. And that doesn't generally work in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Edmonton was that type of team. Um, you know, and the, most of the other teams that were successful in that division could play that kind of way. Um, now, here's what I'll say about that particular series with Montreal. When you go into a series and one team has Carey Price, who is a Hall of Fame goaltender, tons of experience, and I think what caught up to Toronto in this series is the fact that they had Jack Campbell playing a goal, and this guy was a career backup until this year. He was a great story. He won, what, 11, 10, 11 straight games. And then when you put that all on him in a city like Toronto in the playoffs, I think that becomes problematic. I'm And he blamed himself. He started crying on the podium last night, I saw. But I'm not going to put that all on him. It was a bad goal that he gave up in the first goal of the game last night. But here's what I'll say. I think the Toronto Maple Leafs play – like they're afraid of their own. They play like they're afraid of their city. And I don't think any Flyers team in history would ever say that. Because Toronto has a history of running players out of town. They ran Phil Kessel out of town because all he did was score goals. Wasn't tremendously interested in defense. There's going to be players like that. Winning teams have players like that. I don't think anybody is going to accuse Alex Ovechkin Of playing too much defense, um, they want a Stanley Cup. They run players out of out of that city, and I feel like I've never seen a professional sports franchise absolutely wilt when the pressure gets turned up, like that that Toronto team does. Toronto has made a hit a a habit of losing to Boston in the playoffs in absolutely brutal fashion, Um, and you know. Yeah, I would, rather be, I would rather be the Flyers, hands down. Because I feel like the Flyer fans are always on the side of the Flyers. Yeah, they're going to get angry about this guy or that guy, or they're going to want answers. But they're never going to, for lack of a better term, I feel like Toronto eats their young. You know, they, they can't help themselves. And they almost destroy the team from inside out. And it's happened over so many eras. It's interesting Taryn brought up 2004 because that's the season that Jeremy Roenick ended the the Maple Leafs playoffs by winning with a a game-winning goal in overtime for the Flyers that year, one of the uh, more important playoff goals in the history of this franchise. So, um, yeah, to me it's an easy choice. You'd rather be the Flyers because – you could say there are other teams that have blown 3-1 leads. Clearly, the Flyers did it in 2000. Yeah. But when you look at how that transpired this year, that talent, I mean, the talent level isn't even close. And, and I know John Tavares went down in the first game, but even with the guys that remained healthy, they still were had twice to three times the amount of talent as that Montreal team outside of the goaltender. Um, you could say... Only the, only the Leafs can do what they just did over the past week or so. Um, so, to me, no question, it's the Flyers. You'd rather be the Flyers.
0: I'll, I'll go against both of you guys, and I'll, I'll say I'd rather be the Maple Leafs, and I'll, I'll say just for this, and I think it's a really good argument. Uh, I think it was really fun, that Joe, that you thought of this topic. Um, great for the Colbert check presented by Duncan. I'll say Maple Leafs just because they do have an established young core that I think is only getting better. If you look at it, Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner are already facing that playoff um, curse type of pressure. They're only 23 and 24 years old, respectively. And so to me, that, that it's just fascinating that these two kids are the face, the faces of the Maple Leafs, and they're only 24 and 23. And they're facing that pressure already. I, I think eventually these guys are going to figure it out in the playoffs. And I think they still have a lot to build around with those two John Tavares being locked up. And I think he's still John Tavares. He's 30 um, Nylander. So I'll say the flyers have a little more questions of, is the time seriously ticking on what they have in place? Um, I don't think the flyers have a young established core yet. That's really done what the Maple Leafs have done. I think their young kids still have to prove themselves. And then on top of that, the flyers have the questions of, well, our core in place are vets. Guys that haven't done it yet, really, for a while now. Claude Giroux, Jacob Voracek, uh, Sean Couturier, obviously. Um, So I think there's a little bit more pressure to prove it now for the Flyers. I understand the the patience should be running incredibly thin in Toronto. No doubt about it. Um, But I do like their youth, and I think you still have a lot to like there. Whereas the Flyers, I think, have a little more, hey, clock is ticking now, and you got to do it before we have to make some serious tough decisions. Taryn, go ahead.
1: Well, so here's here's my, and I agree with you on the youth thing, but the one part that I disagree with, and I think it's the same conversation we're having with the Flyers now as well, especially last season after the young players started playing well, and it seemed like the gap between the youth and the youth veterans was starting to get bridged, whatever, is I understand um, people leaning on the hope for the future with Toronto, like like even last year you know, look at, look at Marner, look at Matthews. They're still essentially babies in this league and you know, whatever. But when you look at this year and you look at how well different guys played throughout the season, like Wayne Simmons was playing well in the season. They get Nick Foligno. Yeah. They get Nick Foligno who's 33 years old and they get Joe Thornton who has a ton of playoff experience and is, you know, very veteran. He is veteran plus, um, and you think like, okay, this should help form, and, and to, losing Tavares was like, I think massive in a way that also could have been galvanizing. That was kind of what surprised me is that you think it'd be a, a galvanizing moment where the, especially the older guys look at the young guys and go, this is when you win. This is when you win for him. And that was the part that surprised me was that even with all of those veterans, quite a few who have a lot of leadership experience and playoff leadership experience, and that doesn't really translate that's the part that was kind of strange to me because it felt like it should it should have done more it felt like this should be the thing that pushes them over the edge and helps them break through whatever kind of mental block they've been dealing with and it didn't translate as it should have it is hard like joe said when you've got a backup goaltender who's your main playoff goaltender that being said like Carter Hart arguably outplayed Carey Price last year, you know, and I know the Canadians weren't as good as the Flyers were, but the Flyers were certainly not themselves in that bubble either. And the Canadians played them hard. And I think the Canadians were actually kind of a tough matchup for them. Um, So it's just, I I don't know. The whole thing that frustrates me is like, how many of those guys are the Leafs going to have for how many years? Because they should be the ones who help push the young guys over the edge of that playoff hump. And they didn't this year, weird year, you know, if we can say it's a weird year for the Flyers, it gets to be a weird year for everybody. But um, that was more what surprised me. It, It seemed like Toronto picked up every like high quality character guy, especially, and that didn't, who can also play hockey by the way. And it didn't have as much of an impact on their play and the ultimate outcome of everything at the way that I thought it would. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery.
2: Yeah, I mean, they, got, they brought in Jake Muzzin, a, a, an yeah. experienced defenseman, in addition to the guys you mentioned, Taryn. And I, a couple things I'll point out is, so now, now this Leafs team has to go into 82 games regular season next year. That means virtually nothing until you get to the playoffs. It means nothing. And that's a tough mentality for a player. I think it's a really tough mentality for a player. And i also say this, when they get to the postseason next year, things are going to come out like, hey, remember last year when Mitch Marner had more penalty minutes than points in that series against uh, against um, Montreal? He had two penalty minutes in the series and one point. Yeah, Mitch Marner. I mean, that's the guy they rely on. And, you know, it, it's
0: well, – the
2: uh, pressure sorry. is only going to swell. And I think that is – In that city, in the NHL, maybe worse than any other city because we've seen it. For I saw uh, yesterday that the Beatles recorded All You Need Is Love 41 days after the last time the Leafs won the Cup. Think about that.
0: Yeah, I, I you're think not um, a big
2: Beatles guy, Jordan, but I mean, that, that is. <laughs> that
0: is I know that's a long time. I'll say that. Yeah. yeah
1: I, I don't know the exact number, but Mitch Marner's over the glass penalties, like his playoff number over the glass penalties is bizarre. And that's where you think like, Oh, there's some yips there still. Like these young guys get the yips. And, and that's where I'm like, why, why don't you, you know, like, I know what kind of an impact Wayne Simmons has on his teammates. I saw it here in Philly, and I know it was unique here in Philly, but ter- playing in Toronto was a big deal to him. Never, he's never, he's not hidden what it meant for him to play for an iconic team like the Maple Leafs. I think it's, he's probably just as important in that locker room to those players where it has the potential to be. And that's where I'm like, it felt like some of those older guys who probably can't remember what the yips feel like they got them so long ago should have helped ease the tension of some of the younger guys and pushing through playoff struggles. And it just didn't happen. And I just think it
0: goes to show you that the, the pressure is legit in those markets. Like it is real. Um, I think it takes some serious mental fortitude to get past those, those playoff demons. And I'll never forget uh, when Matt Niskanen came here, to Philadelphia last season and uh, I was eager and many of uh, many us mem- media members were eager to pick his brain about winning a Stanley Cup in Washington DC and he just said what made it really really gratifying was that 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 core group of guys really faced a lot of scrutiny and pressure and criticism um, almost like some of them had become almost like the stock of the league in many ways in the sense that They were known to have all this great regular season success. And then they would crash and burn under pressure in the playoffs. And he said, he, he, he said that really wore on guys to the point where he said he felt for guys. He felt for, you know, his teammates that that pressure really built in that market of the capitals are the capitals, great regular season team, but never do it when it matters. And he says, that's what made it so special was overcoming that pressure, um, outside demons, outside pressure. Um, and I think the, the Maple Leafs are going to start feeling that. They already are. I think the Flyers feel it. Uh, there's no doubt about it um, because, you know, these, these markets are legit and they, and they want winners. And when you continue to, to fall in the biggest moments, uh, you get labeled. And um, it'll be fascinating to see how the Maple Leafs deal with it, how the Flyers deal with it next season. Um, it will be No very- Marner,
1: no Matthews, no Drysidle, no McDavid, no Ovechkin in the playoffs right now. A lot
2: no, of no Crosby, no Duncan. No
1: yeah.
0: Yeah. It just shows Fly. you, you know, stars, stars can lose. Sometimes, it, you know, it takes a team to really do it. You need a good supporting cast. You need a lot of things to go your way. But, um, yeah, a lot of star power out of the playoffs, and uh, they will be watching the playoffs like the Flyers now moving forward. But that was our cold brew check presented by Duncan. Uh, this season, be sure to grab a cold brew for game time because where there's hockey, there's dunking. Well, Taryn Hatcher, Joe Foray, so great chatting with you. I know we will continue to enjoy watching the playoffs, and we will continue to hit on so many Flyers topics this offseason. Uh, when you feel it gets slowing down, we'll continue to heat it up with the off season chatter, and we'll continue to tap into the playoffs. But Taryn, Joe, thank you so much as always. Ben Berry, our podcast producer, thank you so much as well. And Flyers fans, as always, Thank you for listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast presented by Great Railing. Wherever you get your podcast, please rate and subscribe, and we cannot wait to talk to you next time.